time when things are shifting. We're going to be a new world order. We've got to lead it. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is End Time Headlines. It is Monday, January 23rd, and we want to welcome you to the broadcast. Again, if you're new to the platform on any one of these platforms in which you're listening from, whether it's Rumble, YouTube, Facebook Live, or however you may be watching this broadcast, let us know in the comments section below that you are new, where you guys are joining us from. We'd love to hear from you. As always, uh, we thank you for joining us tonight on this Monday evening. So the who's who of uh, the elites and the leaders of global governments around the world have just finished up their their gathering in Switzerland for the World Economic Forum. Uh, and as always, it met up to its expectations of being downright creepy, uh, weird, and uh, Orwellian. A uh, little bit of mixture of some totalitarianism and control and NWO in there. So I want to talk about this today, uh, but I want to I'm going to highlight three main areas. I want to pull three main areas from this uh, this meeting that took place there. And I believe the dates were from the 16th of January to the 20th. So this thing wrapped up, what, uh, a couple days ago? About three days ago, it wrapped up. And there was three things that really jumped out to me. And I want to talk about those points today. So in case you're listening today and you're like, well, what is the World Economic Forum? What is this? This is, uh, again, this is a the where the elites come and they gather and they pretty much shape the ad- agenda of the entire planet in the name of, quote, saving the world. Uh, this is, of course, being spearheaded by the creepiest man of all of them. Of course, I'm talking about Klaus Schwab. This guy, if you've never heard this guy speak, he is downright, it is stuff... Uh, like straight out of like the Return of the Jedi, the Emperor stuff, the, the Star Wars stuff. It's just really creepy. Anyway, he urged uh, and gathered elites to, quote, master the future. Uh, this thing even garnished the attention of people like Elon Musk, who actually tweeted the following response to this gathering uh, recently in Switzerland. He said, quote, master the future doesn't sound ominous at all. Obviously, he was being facetious there. Um, again, over the years, this Klaus Schwab has many, made many controversial statements, but the mainstream media, uh, over and over again, they always make apologies for him, or they send out their uh, fact checkers to quickly snuff out any uh, and every negative light that they put this guy in. Um, One of the speakers at this conference, John Kerry, during his speech 
there in Switzerland raised a lot of eyebrows. Kerry actually, in his uh, interview, said to those that were gathered that those gathered in Davos in Switzerland are, quote, select human beings and that their mission to save the planet is, quote, almost extraterrestrial. Really? That's not creepy at all, is it? Um, the billionaire politician who married into the wealthy Heinz family, uh, he praised on those who attended the meeting in the Swiss ski resort town, saying, quote, how extraordinary that we select human beings are able to sit in a room and come together and actually talk about, quote, saving the planet. Now, how's that been working out for you, by the way? How's saving the planet? Because in my opinion, the planet hasn't gotten better. It's gotten worse. I mean, which sector are we talking about? Are we talking about the energy sector? Are we talking about the civil, uh, civil morality, economic fact? I mean, what, which sector are we talking about that's actually that you're saving? That you people are so, <clears throat> so above everybody else and that you're so special that you've been handpicked to save the planet. But are they really saving the planet? So I want to <clears throat> I want to talk about this. I want to talk about three key highlights. I want to talk about cyber security and a coming cyber storm. That's one aspect. Then we're going to talk about <clears throat> what Tony Blair said that should, uh, should send a chill up your spine. And then I'm going to talk about what another individual said that kind of echoes the, the statement that uh, many people like Bill Gates and others have said when it comes to the future of food. All right, so let's get after it. So I want to want to pull this up so you can kind of read along with me. I'm not going to read all of this today, but I want to give you a little bit of highlight of this. Experts at Davos, 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 I believe it's Davos, 2023 call for a quote global response to the gathering cyber storm. Now I want you you've got to take note of this. I want if you got to write this down, make a note of this. Remember this, they are coming, these experts, these, what John Kerry said, they're almost extraterrestrial because they're so, so far in elite status. They have been handpicked and they're gathering together and they're presenting their global response to a quote, gathering cyber storm. Now, what in the world are they talking about? As economic and geopolitical instability spills into the new year, experts predict, look at this, these experts here at the World Economic Forum predict that 2023 will be a consequential year for cybersecurity. Hmm. 2023 will be a consequential year for cybersecurity. Now, why is that? Well, let's read on. The developments, they say, will include an ex and that will include an expand threat landscape and increasingly sophisticated cyber attacks. Now look at these, look at the verbiage here. There's a gathering cyber storm. This was according to a professor of cybersecurity at the University of Oxford say, said during an interview at the World Economic Forum's annual meeting here in Switzerland, uh, there in Switzerland, rather the quote, look what he said, this is brewing and it's really hard to anticipate just how bad that will be. 
So once you, I know there's, I recognize people, not everybody can see what I'm looking at here. You guys that are watching by Spotify, listening by Apple podcast, they are saying to us that there is a gathering cyber storm that is likely going to be fully manifested in 2023. And the so-called experts are trying to prepare for this. And they're wanting us to know that it's here. It's coming. It's the storm clouds are here. Already cyber attacks such as phishing, ransomware, and distributed denial of service or DDoS attacks are on the rise. Cloudflare, a major U.S. cybersecurity firm that provides protection services for over 30% of Fortune 500 companies, found that these uh, DDoS attacks, which entail overwhelming a server with a flood of traffic to, quote, disrupt a network or web page, increased last year by 79% year over year. Quote, there's been an enormous amount of insecurity around the world. Matthew Prince, the CEO of Cloudflare, stated during the annual meeting there at the World Economic Forum, quote, look what he says here. I think 2023 is going to be a busy year in terms of cyber attacks. Hmm. Now, look, this comes on the this comes on the heels of you remember the recent widespread FF or uh, FAA outage that grounded multiple, in fact, it grounded all domestic flights in the United States. It even impacted Canadian flights. And they said it was the largest event, the largest uh, one-day grounding of these flights since 9-11. It was unprecedented. It was historical. And Biden kept saying it was the cause was not clear. He didn't really know what it was. And then it later said that it was a glitch in the computer system. It was a uh, it was an update that needed to be taking place. It was a glitch there in the computer system. Now, do we was it really? Listen, we could argue this back and forth. The mainstream media could go out. They could send the damage control out in the form of fact checkers because they're already out there. I looked it up. Snopes is on top of this and all these fact checkers, probably PolitiFact and all them. And they're going to try to tell you that, no, no, it wasn't a cyber attack. No, it wasn't anything of this. It was not in uh, it was not ill intent or malicious intent. It was just simply a computer glitch. Now, look, we will never know the truth of that. It's just the bottom line, guys. We will never know the truth of that. And then just today. Just today, we reported this on End Time Headlines. Nearly 220 million people in Pakistan are without power. Now, again, this was reported uh, as of 325 a.m. Eastern. I've been out all day. I haven't had a chance to update this or check this. But as the time that we reported this and sent this out and the time of this broadcast, of recording of this, 220 million people across Pakistan were left without Power, a nationwide power outage in Pakistan, left again 220 million without electricity, threatening to cause havoc in the South Asian nation already grappling with fuel shortages in the winter months. According to the country's Ministry of Energy in a statement, the national grid went down at 7.34 a.m. local time, causing a widespread breakdown in the power system. 
they said, according to reports, the system maintenance work is progressing rapidly. So again, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the the elites. These people, these puppet masters are warning us. They're warning you. They're warning me. They're warning us around the globe that you better be prepared because we're going to see levels of cybersecurity like we have not seen in times past. The cyber security storm is upon us, whatever that means. So I would not be surprised. I would not be um, too perplexed if we do not hear about more incidences like what just happened with the airline industry? Because we're talking, you've got transportation industry, you've got the, the power grids, and by the way, the ongoing uh, mysterious attacks on these power substations continue. This is not stopped. There's been a fresh one that just took place in North Carolina. We reported on that as well last week. So all this mysterious activity going on and nobody knows what's really going on, but we need to be paying attention and we just need to know that there's a cyber security storm that's brewing. So we need to be aware of this. We need to be paying attention. Uh, and again, it doesn't, if you, if all possible, I would advise if all possible, and I emphasize if it's possible, because I understand that there's a lot of people that are watching, a lot of people that are listening. They just physically, financially, they cannot obtain a generator, whether it be elect, uh, uh, gas powered or whether it be solar powered. But if you are able to obtain one of these, you need to get a generator. You need to be, you need to have a plan in the event that what if something like what just took place in Pakistan happens here in America or there in where in your country, wherever you're listening from? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Or do you have everything in place in the event that this would happen? That's the point of these broadcasts, guys. Not to bring fear and not to bring fear mongering. It's to prepare you. Come on. The word of the Lord is filled with with scriptures that don't induce fear, but it induces it, it provokes preparation. Let me say that one more time. The word of God is filled with scriptures that, that are not with the intent to produce fear, but with their intent to produce, come on, preparation in the believer. And we could go through scripture after scripture after scripture about Joseph is a good example of that in Egypt. Daniel, Shadrach, and Abednego prepared themselves before they ever ended up in the lion's den, before they ever ended up getting thrown in the fiery furnace. They had already purposed in their heart that they were not going to comply. They were not going to compromise. And whether that meant that they were going to be spared or they were going to lose their life, they were going to be martyred, whatever it meant, they had already been prepared for it. So you got you and I have to be prepared for these things. So on one hand, one aspect of this is here it is, ready, cyber security threats. Now, we uh we there was an there was a story that came out this weekend that PayPal, uh there was social securities of many individuals that was was hacked from PayPal. T-Mobile, major um cell phone company, distributor, 
service. Uh, they they got hacked, um, which is not the first time. The second time, they've been hacked multiple times. AT&T's been hacked before. Don't think it's just one service or another. But what I'm saying is these major, the, the communication infrastructures, the energy infrastructure, the transportation infrastructure, the medical infrastructure, all these things. How many of these hospitals have been hit by these ransomware attacks so we need it we've got to be prepared on all these sectors how are you going to how are you going to keep communication with people if you have no cell phone service you got to have a plan you got to you got to have a game plan with your family all right if i'm not able to contact you with my phone and you're not able to answer you know i will be here in this location i will be either here or i'll be here this is where you can find me or try to call this individual so you got to have all these backup plans you need to have a plan so number 1 <clears throat> be prepared and I'm only echoing what the World Economic Forum, this is not conspiracy theory. I'm telling you what these elites are saying or what they said during this meeting in Switzerland. That the gathering cybersecurity storm is here. Okay, well, if the storm is here, we got to figure out what our shelter is. What's our game plan? What's our provision? What provision have we made to weather out this cyber storm when and if it hits? Are you hearing me today? This is common sense. This is wisdom. All right, so then I want to shift gears. I want to go to number two here. I want to go to the number two thing, and that is Tony Blair. No, no, let me go back. Let me go. Yeah, no, 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 we're right. Tony Blair. Look at this. Tony Blair calls for digital libraries to track vaccines. Quote, you need the data. You need to know. Now, we got a video on this, so let's check out this video, and I'm going to let you listen to this for yourself. Uh, he, in this, Let me give you a little bit of a backdrop here. Again, this is the World Economic Forum. This is here in Switzerland where this took place. They turn, the, uh, the, the, they, they turn this forum to Tony Blair, and the question is about this topic and this subject. I want you to hear what he says here. Ready? Here we go. Thank you. <clears throat> Tony, let me let me ask you. You you you've sat in a, a chair very similar to Helen's. You, I thought interested in your perspectives on maintaining political focus as well. Yeah, well, the the, the best way to maintain political focus, because I mean, the, the reality is for the political debate in many many countries now, COVID is in the rearview mirror. I mean, it it isn't, but believe me, most. The people sitting in Downing Street at the moment are not talking about COVID. And um, at the G7 and the G20, I think you won't get the focus you need unless it's clear two things. One, that there is an ongoing challenge, an opportunity. And I think that is not just about COVID. It's about the fact that we are going to have a whole slew of new vaccines, injectables, that are going to deal with some of the, the worst diseases in the world. Okay, so did you hear that? Number one, there, we're going to have a whole slew of new vaccines and injectables. They're going to be dealing with diseases that are coming upon the world. I, you got to pay attention to what he's saying here. Ready? Now let's listen to the next part. That give us the opportunity to give us big changes in the, in the health of the world. And if you want... All right, and he says here... These will give us the opportunity to make big changes 
for the health of the world. Big changes. Ready? So what are these big changes? Want the politicians to focus. They need to think, look, this is coming down the track soon. Because if you tell them about a future pandemic, they'll kind of go, yeah, no, maybe someone else's problem. But you tell them, actually, in the next few years, you're going to have the opportunity to make a big difference to the health care of your population. That will focus them. But the second thing they need is to focus on the, on the opportunities to change health care that have arisen as a result of our experience of COVID. Because when it's all said and done, it was still a pretty remarkable operation. By the way, you know, Seppi did a fantastic job. You guys deserve a lot of congratulations for it. But so I think it's around things like how do you make sure you get the right scientific cooperation and cooperation between the regulatory authorities so in the future you can clear things much faster? For example, on the continent of Africa, if we had an equivalent to the European Medicines Agency, we had an African Medicines Agency that allowed you to have one system, one standard, it would hugely change the way that um, that... Listen to the verbiage, one system, one standard. Hmm. and treatments are introduced in Africa. And I think that this issue of manufacturing, so a lot of company, countries learned that if they didn't have some recourse to, to manufacturing sovereignty, if you like, um, either directly or indirectly through partnerships with other countries, then they were at a disadvantage. I think there's a huge impetus now for a national digital infrastructure. Digitization in, in healthcare is, I think, one of the great game changers. You know, we should be helping countries to develop a national digital infrastructure, which they will need with these new vaccines. There it is, guys. Did you hear that? So again, what are we talking about? We're talking about this is the second thing that I wanted to pull out of this meeting of these elites. Let me recap that real quick for you. Tony Blair is saying that he believes there needs to be a global system, digitalized system, database that will give us the ability. And according to Yahoo News, who put this in written form, is calling for a digital library that can record the vaccination status of people around the globe in future pandemics. Now, remember, this is for the better of the world, guys. Remember, it's for the better of the world. Um, in the end, you need the data. You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Let me, let's me let go back to the video. I want you to listen a little bit more here, and then we're going to move on because I'm going to show you some more stuff here today. So let's check it out. And then, you know, finally, it, it, it's... It's also about showing people and showing the political leadership that you can make a positive difference to your healthcare system by adopting these measures because they've got, a, they've got an impact beyond any particular disease and, or, or, or pandemic. So I think if you want to keep the political focus, and I agree it's vital that you do, you've got to show people that this is a continuing issue. Right? It's not a future issue. It's here and now. It's got a broad set of implications and there are a set of solutions that COVID has taught us arising out of the challenges uh, of COVID to which if we apply the right political will, we can make our healthcare systems better, not just for pandemic and disease, but more generally for the health of the, the population. If you do that, um, if you do that, they'll think they'll vote in it. And, you know, 
So there we go. So again, this is this is one of their visions. This is what they want to introduce. And I believe it's it's in the making. It's here. It's already here, guys. It's just it's a matter of everyone adopting and getting on board to this government leaders around the world. All right. So we have this coming cyber storm in 2023. Now we see that there's going to be this push for this unified globalization digital vaccine library. Hmm. It will show the status of every individual's vaccination status around the globe. Again, come on, is this sitting a chill down your spine yet? But at the, also at the World Economic Forum, they look at this headline. They launched a global CBDC. Now, again, this is this digital currency. Real-time payment network was launched during this group this meeting during this uh gathering of these elites this is this as the new cross-border digital currency payments portal made its debut on the 19th of january in the swiss resort turned summit under the shortened udpn moniker with the with the equally ambitious goal of providing global inter operability between regulated stable coins and central bank digital currencies. As of this writing, 114 countries representing over 95% of global GDP are exploring to some degree the feasibility of launching a CBDC for their nation. Let me read that again. That is huge. Let me highlight this for you. As of the, uh, the reporting of this, the writing of this article, 114 countries representing over 95% of global GDP are exploring to some degree the feasibility of launching a CBDC for their nation. And by the way, America is one of these. Biden has been talking about this. He's saying it's not a matter of if, but, uh, but when. Um. During the launch event on the 19th of January, the UPN was described as having, quote, the potential to drive down the cost of digital payments and accelerate the adoption by banks and businesses of all sizes. So, again, the purpose of UP of UDPN is to investigate a potential alternative to an existing payment system. Now, again, and this is global. This again, this is a global system. Notice the, all the verbiage here: global, universal, all that. This is the whole purpose of this to come together to try to get everybody on the same playing field. This is what they want. Um, now it's interesting because again, uh, somewhere, somehow, and some way, we have got to get to this standard where the American dollar is not dominant anymore. And you're, we're going to shift and move towards a digital currency. Now I found this very extraordinary and, and, uh, and definitely wanted to bring this up to you guys as well. Check this out. This happened, uh, over a uh, last couple of days ago. This happened three days ago. 
Saudi Arabia, look at this headline, just said they are now open to the idea of trading in currencies beside the U.S. dollar. But of course, the mainstream media was quick to say that this does not spell doom for the greenback. And here's three reasons not to worry. So in other words, again, Saudi Arabia just now are saying that they're open to the idea of trading in other currencies and not just predominantly the U.S. dollar. Now, is that bad news? Absolutely. That is really bad news for America. But, of course, the mainstream media is quick to, to play damage control. And they're trying to butter it all up for you and give you three reasons why not to worry again. But this is coming from the same people that are telling us, yeah, we're not in, we're right. You know, I know all the markers say that we're in an inflation and all the indicators say that this is happening. And I, we know all the, the, the big economic guys are saying that it's looking bad and it's looking not so good. And there's probably going to be food shortages, supply chain issues, and there's probably going to be energy issues going on and this and that. But you know what? That's all gloom and doom. But, you know, everything's great. Nothing to worry about here. Nothing to see here. Let's just all keep moving along, folks. Uh, and just, you know, just keep your head buried in the social media and sports and everything. And just listen to CNN and the mainstream talking heads. And they're going to just keep you uh, oblivious to what's going on around the world. And everything's going to be great. Sure. So, um so you've got this going on. So let me, I'm going to recap these two real quick. And then we're going to go to our last point. Number one, cyber economic storms coming in 2023. You and I need to be prepared for such an event. Number two, we are now being told that it's not a matter of if, but there are future pandemics coming and they're already in the works for a quote, uh, let me give you this quote again. For digital libraries with the capability to keep a record of vaccination statuses of you and your family and me and my family around the globe. This is not one, uh, one country here, one country there. No, this is a global, unified, collaborate effort. Are you listening to me? So then number three. Oh, you're going to love this one. If, the, if these two haven't got your attention, this one is definitely going to get your attention. And that is <clears throat> one of the speakers there at the World Economic Forum is calling for a billion people to stop eating meat. I know you're going to be one of those billion, right? You're going to take one for the team, brother. Take one for the team, sister. Because... The, the AG chairman says he needs a billion of you people to stop eating meat. Why? Of course, for the innovation and the environment. According to Fox News, this speaker at the World Economic Forum called on one billion people to stop eating meat to combat climate change. I mean, if you people would stop eating meat, we would not have the storms that we're having. And the record heat waves and the record cold spells and the crazy, abnormal, record-breaking, once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation storms that keep happening. It's all because you are selfish 
and you can't eat a veggie burger at a restaurant. But instead, you got to have beef. You got all. Oh, you just got to have that hamburger. You got to have that steak, don't you? I mean, uh, you because you decided to get a steak for lunch. Somebody might be in jeopardy for a tornado outbreak this year. I'm just saying. If a billion people stop eating meat, I tell you, it has a big impact. Not only does it have a big impact on the current food system, but it will also inspire innovation of food systems. Again, this is according to this AG chairman, uh, Simmons AG chairman Jim Hagman, Hageman, who told the World Economic Forum crowd in there in Switzerland on Wednesday, quote, he was inspired by his 24-year-old daughter who asked him how he could advocate for zero carbon value chains and still eat meat products. And so I stopped eating meat. Okay. He went on and noted the math says one person quitting meat for 11 years would not only compensate for one flight to to Thailand, but if billions did the same thing, it would spur massive change. You know, I just have one question. And that is, here's a question, not just one question, I've got a lot of questions, but let me ask this question. How do you think that these people got to Switzerland to begin with? Do you maybe think that they took a jet airliner that was producing all kinds of emissions into the air? I'm just saying, but hey, they probably, if, if, if they weren't serving meat on the flight, that might kind of just kind of balance it out after all. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that that might be the case. They, uh, if a major prediction, he all, in a major prediction, he claimed that the world will have access to other proteins in the future that will taste even better than meat. Oh, yeah, and you know what they are? They are called Beetle Burgers. Let me say that again for the back row. They're called Beetle Burgers. I know they, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, it's hard for me to even get through this segment because when I think about Beetle Burgers, man, I'm, I'm just, I am hungry. These Beetle Burgers could soon reach mass production and help feed the world. So don't lose sleep tonight because these little suckers are mixed with sugar. The, these beetles supposedly taste just like real meat. So throw out the steaks, throw out the burgers, throw out the, uh, the sirloins and throw them all out and just get your demand ready. Get your supply of beetle burgers. Just, just all you got to do is, brother, I don't know if I could get past that, that insect's taste. Well, just mix a little sugar in it, honey, and it'll taste just like that T-bone at your steakhouse. What about my kids? What are they going to eat? They don't even like this kind of stuff. Well, we've got good news. They're going to have alternatives to sausages and chicken nuggets. So they could be little beetle sausages and little beetle nuggets. Mm. I mean, man, I, I don't know about you, but I can't wait to see these commercials on television. 
I mean, are we going to, is this what we're going to see at the Super Bowl this year during the commercial? Are we going to see the push for beetle burgers and beetle sausages and beetle nuggets? I mean, if this is so good, I, I mean, where are you at, McDonald's, Burger King, Chick-fil-A? Where are you at? You, you, you got to have alternatives. I mean, are you one of the billion? Are you going to save the planet? The creepy crawler's larvae, better known as mealworms, could act as a meal alternative to alleviate hunger worldwide. The process uses a fraction of the land and water and emits a smaller carbon footprint in comparison of traditional farming. To make this a reality, French biotech company Yinsect, don't you love that, is planning a global network of insect farms including nurseries and slaughterhouses. Whoa, where's PETA at when you need them? I mean, are we going to see people out protesting the slaughtering of these innocent mealworms? Yeah, I didn't think so. I'm just waiting for them to go to Michigan because they just passed a, a law up there that says that religions up there can, 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 uh, can um, perform animal sacrifices. I mean, where's Pete at for that one? I, I don't, I don't, I'm just saying, I don't know where they're at. They've cut, did they miss that memo? Um, a pilot plan, a pilot plant has already been set up at a dole in, uh, in, the, in, a, in a region of France. Unlike the livestock industry where rearing is typically separate, this entire bug-based operation is under one roof. Now, I wonder, I'm just, just a thought here. I wonder if that food industry, if that processing plant is going to accidentally catch on fire. I'm just saying, seems like all the other ones did. wonder if that one will. Probably not. I'm just saying. But you know, you know who else thinks these are going to be delicious is Bill Gates. In fact, he said that fake meat products will eventually be, quote, very good. Well, Bill, what are you saying? It's only good or it's not so much. I'm just I, I, I need some clarification because you're saying eventually it's going to be very good. So you're saying it's not very good now. Because you're supposed to be, you're, you you got to be that guy out there selling this product. You've been telling us and warning us about this, right? Gates says that consuming meat alter, alternatives is an important step in reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Again, they're parroting the same stuff. Microsoft co-founder. You know, the guy that co-founded Microsoft. The guy that's buying up farmland in America. The guy that's on the forefront of pandemics now and vaccines and all this stuff. Now he's wanting to tell us that fake meat eventually is going to be very good. He said he is hopeful that fake meat products will eventually be a very good option for consumers, even though... The share products in the meat market is small. Quote, I think eventually these products will be very good, even though their share is small today. Uh, this was according to a Reddit forum uh, where he was questioned. There was a question relating to tackling the climate crisis first reported on CNBC. So 
And let me just say this before we close the broadcast. Have you ever looked at the next time you go to your grocery chain, pick up one of those beyond beef, beyond meat packages and turn it around and look at the ingredients on the back of this thing. I'm telling you, it's like reading a chapter out of the book of Chronicles in the Old Testament. This thing goes on. It's like a genealogy in the Old Testament. It goes on and on and on and on with this chemical and this thing and this thing and this additive and this and this and this. And by the time you eat all this crap, you actually, if you think that you are healthier eating all that versus real clean meat, then friends, you've done fallen and bumped your head and you've got worse things to worry about than greenhouse effects and climate change. I'm just saying. So what am I, so here's what I'm saying. Again, come on, let's see if you've been paying attention. We need to be on the lookout for, being watchful and being paying attention. Cybersecurity storm is here 2023, we're going to see some crazy stuff. Again, that's what they're warning us. Number two is this library database is coming. What kind of crazy pen, uh, viruses are going to be popping up? It's going to be interesting. Keep an eye on this. And biblically speaking, remember Jesus said in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, there'll be pestilences in the last days. Then you get over here and you've got these elites telling us they're trying to condition us to, to consume insects. And again, I understand outside of America, this is normal, but I, but I still live in America. Okay. And as long as I still here in America and I have the right and the ability and the freedom to eat food that I want to eat and have the right to eat, I'm going to probably pass on the beetle burger the beetle nuggets and the uh, and the other alternatives. I'm just saying that might be for you, but I'm going to pass. But I have a feeling that it's going to go. It's going to take a, a shift eventually from a choice to a mandate, especially when we get into famines and food shortages and droughts and water shortages and all these things in the future. I'm telling you, you need to be paying attention. And by the way, and I'll just leave you with this. Did you know in the scriptures, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, it says that the, the, it talks about a seducing spirit in the last days. And one of the things that this seducing spirit will do is forbid us. It will forbid humanity from eating meats, sacrificed to idols. Now, I know, don't listen, don't send me any letters and, and emails and all this stuff saying, well, you just took that completely out of context. Listen, I understand the contextual uh, authenticity of that scripture. I understand what it's talking about there. But I'm just saying that it's interesting to me that he says in the latter days, the Holy Spirit says that they will forbid marriage. They will forbid eating meat. It talks about their lies 
will be so bad that their, their conscience will be seared with a hot iron and they will be given over to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. So I, I think it's a double-edged sword. It's all playing into this very thing in the last days. So listen, we're living in trying times. We're living in crazy times and we need to be prepared. We need to be ready and we need to have our house in order. So having said that, if you're watching this today and you're listening today and you're not saved, you're lost, you're backslid, I pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every brother and sister that's watching today. And if they're backslid, their heart is not right with you or they do not know you, Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God would lead them to repentance, that they would open their mouth and begin to repent of their sins and put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins, that their names may be placed in the Lamb's book of life in Jesus' name. Come on, if you prayed that today, then I'm telling you, if you prayed that and meant that from your heart, then God sees that prayer and he is going to reward you by placing your name in a Lamb's book of life and you have eternal life according to the word of the Lord. If you remain in him steadfastly walking out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's what the Bible says. When you put it all together, that's what this is talking about. So we don't rely on our own works to save us. But saved people work for the kingdom. Amen. So God bless you guys. And thank you for joining us tonight on this broadcast. Again, download our free app, guys. It's free. It's available on Apple. It's available on Android. Hit yes to push notifications. Be notified of every headline and every uh, uh podcast when it's available and it'll be right there at your fingertip by downloading the free app. And as always, we want to give you the opportunity if this ministry is a continual source of information, revelation, blessing, and equipping to you and your family on a continually week-to-week basis, we want to give you the opportunity to partner with End Time Headlines. You could do that two different ways, electronically right there on your screen, giving through the app or through the main website at endtimeheadlines.org, or you can give by check or money order at End Time Headlines, and that's P.O. Box 1391, and that's Monroe, Georgia, 30655. As always, thank you so much for joining us tonight on this Monday, January 23rd. We're going to sign off for tonight. We'll be right back here, Lord willing, on Tuesday night on the 24th. Uh, when I come back on the 24th, I want to give you a, a little bit of update on you guys have been praying for me. We'll give you some update on that. Um, not really sure what the topic's going to be. I've got some things that I've got on deck that I want to figure out how I want to, if I want to talk about tomorrow or Thursday or Friday, but nevertheless, we'll be back tomorrow with a great podcast. Until then, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and may his, his countenance shine upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.